Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. As always, I'm James Kay and joined by Ryan McGowan. How are we today, Ryan? I'm very good. Yes, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's early in the morning. Usually we record in the evening, but it's uh, early in the morning. So if we're a bit croaky, a bit, um, what's the word, husky, it's because I was in bed about half an hour ago. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried to push it back as far as I could, <laughs> just getting out of bed. Yeah. It's a, we've both got a rare day off, so we're making the most of it. And making the most of it, we are. Because obviously we mentioned last week that I'm uh, going away for a few weeks. So today we're recording three episodes. Which, to be fair, sounds like a lot, but we used to do four, so this is nothing. Oh god, yeah. I mean, we used to spend an entire day recording episodes. And then yeah. we wouldn't see each other for another month. Yeah. So yeah, we're doing three today. We're doing two this morning, and then I've got to go off and... Uh, run some errands, do some things, and then we'll be recording another one this evening. And one of them will be our 100th episode, which is exciting. I think yeah. it might be the one after this one. I don't know if it'll be this one, or maybe it will be this one. I'm not sure. Know. If this is our 100th episode, way, 100 episodes. If it's not, ignore me, and we'll we'll do this again on the other we'll, one. We'll do that for every episode we record today. We'll go, yay, 100th episode, and one of them will be yeah. right. Yeah, you, they can't not be. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anything more to say before we crack on? Uh, yeah, check out the merch store www.twpd.store, uh, where you can select any old shirt you like that you can wear and show off to your friends that you like to listen to a couple of British guys. It's a podcast, uh, and yeah. they'll think you're really cultural because you listen to something from some other country. Like so people yesterday, who... go on. I had a moment of uh, someone while well, I was just standing around at work, not doing much, and. Someone we were just having a chat, and someone was like, "Why are cornflakes famous?" And they're like, "Because the guy who made it like 
did it to stop you masturbating. And then I turned, I was like, that's really interesting. And then I just began to reel off loads of fucking information about John Harvey Kellogg because we've done the episode. And they just looked really put out. They were like, this was just a one fun fact and you've just come at me with an entire podcast episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's one of my favourite episodes because it's just how weird it is. You just don't, you never expected. You never expected the man who makes your cereal to be such a fucking pervert. Yeah. Well, anti-pervert, no touching for you. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, anti-pervert. Yeah, but then at the same time, a massive pervert because he was, like, trying to drop acid on women's yeah. uh, vaginas to stop them touching it. If you haven't listened to that episode and this has uh, spiked your interest, it is there for you, ready to listen to. Yeah, stick your gut up your bum um, to clear yourself out. <laughs> yeah, cornflakes have a dark past, a very <laughs> they dark really past. They really do. Yeah, they really do. Uh, so who are we talking about this week? This week we are talking about probably the most famous king of all time, Henry VIII. Oh yeah, yeah. I, w- I would dare say he is the most famous monarch just oh, because yeah. of how he treated women. Yeah, he is, um, he's a womanizer. He is definitely a womanizer. Yeah, he was a, an interesting bloke. So let's find out more about this... Uh, this interesting character. So mm. Henry VIII, the man who wanted a son so badly that he created a new church just to get divorced. He had a total of six wives in his lifetime, and obviously he is the most famous Tudor and arguably the most famous king of all time. But there is a lot more to this man than simply beheading women who didn't push out a boy. <laughs> what a way to put it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's what it is. It's, it's, it's so straightforward. Yeah, Yeah, they didn't have a boy. Get rid. Yeah. Henry was born on June 28th, 1491 in London and was the second son to Henry VII and Elizabeth of York. His father had bought peace after the end of the War of the Roses and the Tudor dynasty began. At this point, I was going to go into the War of the Roses and then it's just such a fucking clusterfuck of information. I've decided against it. So if you do want to look into the War of the Roses, by all means, go for it. But a lot happens and it's very confusing. Yeah, they're all family, aren't they? It's like cousins. Yeah, there's a... People being overthrown, people like Richard III's involved at some point. Did he kill his nephews? No one knows. But at work at the minute, we have a jousting, War of the Roses jousting, and they try and fit the whole thing into like half an hour as well as fighting. Bloody hell. I'm leaving so I can say it. They don't manage it. (laughs) Excellent. It's very fucking confusing. Um, (laughs) Isn't it uh, the Plantagenets against the Yorkists? uh, Yeah, it's like the Lancastrians and the Yorkists. Oh, Lancastrians, uh, not Plantagenets. And it's the red rose versus the white rose, and eventually the Tudor, which is why the Tudor, the symbol of the Tudors is the red and white rose combined, because it was the two uh, houses joining together. Uh, but okay. what really f- I find funny is people are like, it was the golden age, the Tudor age, the golden age, like 100 years of peace, everyone's having a great time. No, it fucking wasn't. So many people died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so many people. You've got Henry, who just goes around doing whatever the fuck he wants. And then you've got his daughter, Mary, who lit, she's called Bloody Mary for a reason. Yeah, and then you have his daughter, other daughter Elizabeth, who probably not as bad, but also persecuted a lot of people based on religion. Yeah, and therefore gave birth to the gunpowder plot. It caused a lot of fucking events down the line that really shouldn't have happened. But hey, sometimes hundred years of peace. Sometimes we have to just remind ourselves that we are very lucky to live in what we believe to be a democracy, because when you live in uh, a monarchy like that that has absolute power, you have to just do what the king says. Yeah, for sure. There's no arguing. It's like, no, 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 we can't do that. 
What do you mean you can't do that? Well, it just doesn't make sense. Who's the king? Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, particularly Henry. A lot of other monarchs were quite, I don't know, they would listen. Henry, just whatever Henry wanted, Henry got. Yeah. Was he, like, corrupted over time sort of thing? Because I've heard, like, um, people say that he was, like, a really nice bloke when he was young. Yeah, he was, a, he was something, an event took place that kind of changed him. All right. Yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of a shame. So he was one of six children, but including himself, only four survived. And his siblings were his older brother, Arthur, who was uh, due to become king, and sisters, Margaret and Mary. And he had a really nice upbringing, as you would, being yeah. in royalty. And obviously, he never went wanting. He was just chill. So uh, his brother, Arthur, was sent off to Wales in order to prepare to become king, because at the time, future monarchs wouldn't get the traditional education that other children got. They would be shipped off somewhere and be taught just how to be a king or queen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard about Usually this. king. It wasn't like Wales or something. Yeah, they'd, they'd be sent off to... Arthur was sent off to Wales, and he would just get all of this treatment just to become king. And obviously, he'd be manipulated by his advisors to gain what they want and stuff. There was a lot of uh, politics involved. Yeah, like being really nice to this future king whilst he's a boy. He'll remember it later. Yeah. It's also so the like the next monarch can come in straight away and be good at it straight away because if they weren't good at it straight away in this time someone else could be like you're shit i'm gonna take it and there'd be room for war and things well like, like we mentioned with jack shepherd by the age of like 10 you've got all the sort of experience that you need is what sort of companies today want from a like a 20 year old they want 10 years experience yeah um, yeah absolutely in, you need to be good at it. in like films that involve like medieval people and kings and whatnot you always hear them refer to their siblings as, like, the title of what they are. They'd be like, oh, hello, brother, or hello, sister. And now that, like, you've mentioned that, like, the the, the oldest one might get sent away to be trained as a king, mm-hmm. you might not have ever met your brother. And then, like, when you're 15, your brother just comes back. You'd be like, oh, this is your brother. Oh, hello, brother. That, that would make sense Yeah, now. it would have been a very loveless family, I guess. I, I mean, I look at the monarchy nowadays and I'd probably say the same. It's a business, isn't it? But, yeah, it's... Yeah, absolutely. They're taught from a very early age how to behave and all that. There's something you said that I just want to uh, address because I thought this for a very long time as well. When we say the term medieval, we often think of like Tudor and stuff, but Tudor was not medieval. Medieval happened a long time prior. Oh, okay. Yeah, so medieval and Middle Ages are, are the same thing, basically. Right. Because medieval, like mid, I think it's something to do with Latin or French, I don't know. But yeah, it's. I, I spoke to my brother about this, like, it's why you have like the Tudor time, the Stuart time, the Jacobean era, all of that. It's everything has its name. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I should have remembered that from primary school because we they love teaching about the Tudors. Yeah, Tudors is like the big thing. I think Henry VIII is probably the most accessible king just because he did stuff. Yeah, and we're not allowed to call it the Dark Ages. Historians don't like the term the Dark Ages for medieval era. No, it's just when religion kind of uh, took over a little bit, and I don't know, the world sort of stood still for a while. Mm. So, Henry did not receive the sort of training that his brother was receiving. His education started when he was four, and he'd learnt things like basic handwriting, and then he was intended for a career in the church, so he had private tutors, and he had an education on theology, music, languages, poetry, and sport. During his early years, he was really passionate in learning as many languages as he could, so obviously the big ones at the time, Latin, French, Spanish, and Greek, and he was also a really talented musician playing the lute, uh, the organ and the harpsichord, which, if 
fair play, musically musically gifted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also wrote songs and stuff as well that apparently were like big hits in Europe. Hey, Henry was number one. Yeah, he was a songwriter, and people in Europe absolutely lapped it up. Wow, Henry was like the Beatles before the Beatles. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. He would have been number one. <laughs> and do you, you know, you know though what it was. It was just because he's a prince. They're just sucking up to him. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like uh, he wouldn't have been able to get the music out if he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. But I could just imagine him being utterly shit, and he finishes his like little recital, and they're like, "Oh, f- uh, well, well done, well done, brilliant, fantastic." Fuck me, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like watching your kids at like a school recital or something. Yeah, and there's that picture on the fucking fridge, and you're like, "What's that? Oh, it's it's the family, is it? It looks like a smudge." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just go with it. So in pictures when you think of henry the eighth you're probably thinking of a very large fat man because that's kind of the image that we know however he wasn't always i mean he was tall but he wasn't always the giant of a man we know uh in fact in his youth he was very athletic and was really involved in jousting if you don't know what jousting is two men ride each other on a uh, <laughs> horse <laughs> two men ride each and other and knock each other off <laughs> right i mean probably maybe it was very open time well yeah all the kings were doing it yeah, probably, yeah, they were. Every time you see Watch a documentary or any other thing where uh, there's a king and he has a favourite, that's the boy he's banging. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And that's why everyone's pissed off but, with him because he's using his dick for a brain and not his brain itself. I mean, yeah, there's when we get to Edward II, there's a whole thing there. But yeah. So, <clears throat> during this time, his older brother Arthur married a Spanish princess... Catherine of Aragon, who probably sounds familiar. She'll come back into it later on. And they did this to form a unity between England and Spain. However, in 1502, Arthur and Catherine both came down with an unknown illness, probably a fever or something. Um, Catherine made a complete recovery. However, Arthur passed away at the age of 15. Mm. So, turmoil. The future king is dead. So after the death of Arthur, it was Henry who would take the throne. However, he he hadn't received the training that his brother had received so he needed to be whipped into shape really quickly mm. and he was kept under strict supervision by his father who came uh, and when it came to things that henry once enjoyed like jousting hunting and stuff he couldn't go alone he was now the most important man in britain yeah um probably because it would be fairly simple for someone to kill him if he was just out and about because obviously at that point everyone wants the throne everyone's trying to assassinate each other um and it makes me wonder about... I was having this conversation the other day. Like, the monarchy used to be really cool and try and overthrow each other. <clears throat> but nowadays, it's just really dull and no one's trying to overthrow the queen. But if I, like, marched in there... Maybe I can't say this. Is this treason? I don't know. But if someone tried to overthrow the monarchy now, can they claim power? Yeah, it's one of those... That, like, I always wonder how coups work. You see, like, in... um. Like in the, on the continent of Africa, you'll see like military coups happen now and then. In South America yeah. in the 80s, or earlier on, there was a lot of military coups. In the Middle East, we see it a few times. I think it's mm. like well, whoever has the power and the means to stop the opposition sort of just takes power. But then, I don't know, I suppose, I suppose this was sort of more of a time where people were less educated. Like there were people like peasants and those, those lower class didn't really have much in the way of a say as to what happened so it was all like upper level family battles that just well it's it's one of those like yeah you're controlling a nation or an empire but it is just one family fighting amongst themselves not an entire nation uh whereas like i imagine now we're all so connected and we're all 
relatively speaking, educated. Um, I don't think it would fly. I'm not sure. It's quite boring, isn't it? Imagine if, like, Prince, when, you know, when, when the old queen goes and then Prince William becomes the king and then Harry just comes back on a fucking, on a battleship and he's like, who wants to join me? I'm going to overthrow my brother. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be cool. I think it'd be a lot harder with uh, modern weaponry and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to join because I'm I'm not for a monarchy no. anyway. But yeah, I'd be like, let's overthrow your brother. <laughs> and then it's like, then what? It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> like when Robert Baratheon wants... Robert Baratheon, who am I talking about? Rob Stark wants to go down and overthrow Joffrey. And then the nurse is like, well, so what's the plan? You overthrow Joffrey and you sit on the throne. He's like, no, I don't want it. She's like, well, why are you doing it then? I don't know. <laughs> just get rid of, just get rid get of him. Rid. He's a knob. Brilliant. On the 21st of April, 1509, Henry VII passed away, meaning Henry VIII took the throne at 17 years of age. Following the traditions of those that had gone before him, he spent the night uh, before his coronation in Tower of London before going to Westminster Abbey the following day. It's kind of similar nowadays. I don't know if they spend the night in Westminster Abbey, uh, in Tower of London. We'll find out when uh, the Queen pops clogs. Hey. Henry would be the first adult prince to inherit the throne peacefully from his father in almost 100 years, because obviously the War of the Roses was an absolute fucking mm. nightmare, and everyone was just dying all the time. Something to do with, um... Oh, no, this was just me trying to get into War of the Roses. That's, I don't know why I put a full stop there. It was just something to do with Northerners being angry and stuff. Uh, that's a lot of what the War of the Roses was, just Northerners being angry. <laughs> yeah, they're very prideful people. Yeah. Anyway... At the same time as Henry being crowned king, uh, he was also definitely banging his brother's widow, Catherine of Aragon. Being a Catholic monarch at the time, it was kind of frowned upon. However, the church allowed it because it meant that good relations can continue between England and Spain. And on the 11th of June, 1509, they got married. Yeah. He was said to be extremely handsome at this point and very intelligent. And he was really tall, around six foot two. And at this time, the average Londoner was about five foot five. So he was a towering man. And he was a very active king. He constantly threw parties and banquets. And uh, basically, he lived such a life of luxury, he spent the entire fortune his father had left him. And he was in a lot Holy of debt. Holy shit. Oh. Yeah, imagine that. You get left, left an inheritance and just piss it all up the wall. Yeah, but, that, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, his dad, Henry VII, knew what it was like to work hard, earn his, like... He, he like he fought for his crown he fought for everything his entire yeah. like nation his empire if you will and then it's always the offspring that sort of just like they benefit from that what's the old phrase it's um hard times create hard men hard men create good times good times create weak men and then yeah i think that weak rings men true. create hard times and it's like yeah yeah if you don't know what it's like to suffer to have work hard you just you just you know, going to ponce all that money. Kardashian-esque, mm -hmm. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Henry was a boy on the throne and he definitely acted like it. He'd often throw his toys out the pram if he wasn't given exactly what he wanted and even had some of his father's ministers executed. Wow. Uh, Henry grew up learning about great battles of the past and one in particular stood out for him, his ancestor Henry V, who was a really badass king and 100% do an episode one yeah. day. Uh, he basically just marched into France and was like, this is mine yeah, now. He literally did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and, and it was. And then Henry VI was a little bitch and lost it, but hey. Well, yeah. Uh, Henry VIII wanted to claim the French crown himself, and he sent troops to invade France. His forces captured two uh, towns, but uh, it was very expensive to keep them, and with their current financial issues, 
Um, it was causing problems. And at the same time, Scotland decided, hey, we're going to invade England. Pesky Scottish. <laughs> Sorry. However, fortunately for Henry, his army fought the Scots and killed their king, James IV. And it's said that his wife, Catherine of Aragon, was in charge of the army defeating the Scottish. And afterwards, she presented her husband with the blooded cloak of the dead Scottish king as a sign of victory. So that was good for him. I've heard this, but I'm not sure how much sort of... How much... We... I'm sure it's all just like tales I, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I... They definitely beat It sounds Scottish. to me like something to really piss off the Scottish a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Where like... Maybe Henry's military guys did it. And because Catherine was still around, she's like acting monarch or whatever whilst Henry's not about. And then they were like, look, mm. you Scots are so fucking shit. My wife could beat you. I mean, yeah, that is definitely, it could definitely be propaganda. And you know that Scots got pissed off and then went to go take Newcastle straight after. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> so this is the bit where we get onto the part everyone's caught been waiting for and everyone knows about. Um, Henry needed a son to ensure the future of his Tudor dynasty and to avoid any competition over the crown. Because obviously this is a world where men are more powerful and it was much more favourable to have a king on the throne. Uh, at that time, it was very important that the king secures the peace of his country by having a son. But Henry's wife, Catherine of Aragon, after a lot of struggle, gave birth to a baby girl, Mary, in 1516. Mary would take the throne in the future and would become Bloody Mary. Um, she did a lot. Well, maybe that's another episode, but she did a lot. Mm. It was bad. It yeah. was very bad. Henry became convinced there was a curse upon Catherine and himself and that she would never be able to give him the son he desperately desired. And as ruthless as he was when it came to executions, she was from a very powerful family in Spain, so he needed a way out of this marriage without bloodshed. However, being a Roman Catholic, he couldn't divorce, it wasn't yeah. a thing, and he had to seek permission from the Pope himself in order to get a divorce. The Pope rejected it due to wanting to keep England and Spain tight, um, and also the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V was Catherine's nephew, and he was like, absolutely not. So despite being rejected by the Pope himself, Henry was like, I'm still going to do it, and was adamant he wanted to divorce <laughs> her. Uh, he realised that if the Roman Catholic Church was the thing stopping him from doing this, then the simple answer was he would create a new church. So with the backing of the English Parliament, the Church of England was created, and he placed himself as the supreme head, and was now free to divorce Catherine, and find a new bride. So if you're listening to this and you've been through a divorce and because you, you hate your partner, um, you can thank Henry VIII and his need yeah. for a son. Yeah, I like the idea of him going, I want a divorce. And the Pope was like, no. He's like, I'm going to do it. And the Pope was like, I'm going to count to three, Henry. And he's like, one, two. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And he just ran. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I think it's a comment. I, I asked my brother about this. He never actually, like, because this wasn't actually, like, recognised as a divorce, the saying divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived isn't actually true. It should be like separated, beheaded, died. And you know what I mean? Like it wasn't oh, because an the Catholic divorce. Church doesn't recognise it. And every other yeah. divorce is under Henry's own religion. So, yeah, that would make mm -hmm. sense. That would make sense. Well, it, it, wasn't it? Um, yeah. He was like, well, uh, she, she, she had sex with my brother. So it's, it's. Ah, we get old, onto this. Let's, let's, let's sort that out, please. Let's not. Yeah, that, that that's but, a and then there's wife. also and that, sorry, I'm I'm just gonna go off on one now and like put points here that we can pick up. Um, there was like something else where kings were starting to question who's actually in power because as far as they're concerned, they are anointed by God. 
so they are God's representative. And then the Pope's like, but I'm also God's representative. And it's like, yeah, but you're not a king. Um, so mm. who listens to who? Like, you know what I mean? They're both on the same level. They've both got the same job title, but like one's trying to tell the other what to do. And it's like, you can't tell him what to do. I'm, I'm God's representative yeah. on earth. And it's like, well, I'm God's representative on earth. And then I think Henry was like, I think that was his justification, wasn't it? To being like, well, I can head my own church because, you know, God anointed me like he did the Pope. So why not have two? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that probably was his very flawed logic. Yeah. But despite him creating a new church, it didn't suddenly mean he was Protestant. In fact, he was Catholic for the rest of his life. And the Church of England sort of became Protestant after right. he died. Um. And naturally, a new church pissed off a lot of people and uprisings began to take place. However, he did a great job at keeping them all quiet and passed the Treasons Act, which meant any uprisings against him as the leader of the church would be punishable by death. death. And this resulted in a fuck ton of death. <laughs> a lot of death. Before his... A lot of death. This is what Henry's known for. Before his divorce with Catherine had been finalised, Henry wanted another woman by the name of Anne Boleyn, a lady-in-waiting. A lady-in-waiting was generally quite a high-up servant to royals and nobles and usually from a powerful family themselves. She was a very intelligent woman whose ability to read, write and hunt threatened a lot of men in Henry's court. Uh, They had quite a passionate relationship, one which would give him a daughter, Elizabeth, who would later become Queen Elizabeth I, and she'd claim the throne after Mary, or Lady Jane Grey, should I say. Uh, The shortest, I believe the shortest monarch ever. Yeah, and even uh, even after young Arthur. I can't. You're testing me Henry here. I event- don't know. Well, no. Spoilers, isn't it? Uh, for what comes later. Um, so, can <laughs> I just question something? Um, mm-hmm. The way that you've been like telling it, right, is that he's with Catherine of Aragon, and then he divorces Catherine of Aragon, and then he gets with Anne Boleyn. Like, me- media always likes mm-hmm. to tell us that Anne Boleyn, he was having an affair with Anne Boleyn whilst he was with Catherine. Is that a thing or is that media and just trying to make a story out of something? No, he probably did. He, once he was done with Catherine, he he would have wasted no time right, getting with Anne right. Boleyn. Because there's a whole thing where like people say, um, oh, he did it because of Anne Boleyn. Uh, yeah, they, they liked each other. They tested each other because obviously she was very intelligent. She was a very fiery woman and I think Henry liked that. Yeah. I think he needed it. Yeah, I suppose if is Catherine yeah. like a um, Cat- was Catherine like a, a, a subservient sort of? She's just basically a good wife at the time. She's like, yeah, I'll do it what my husband says. Or Anne Boleyn's like, no, fuck you, I'll do what I want. Is she? So Catherine never like acknowledged the divorce throughout her entire life. She would still say she was Henry's oh, really? wife. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah, there was okay. definitely crossover. Yeah. But yeah. Anne Boleyn didn't give a shit. She was a... Yeah, she's a modern woman in the Tudor era. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, on January... In January, should I say, 1536, Henry suffered an injury that would change his life forever. He was unhorsed and injured during a jousting tournament with a very nasty leg injury. Historians say that he was unconscious for a couple of hours and it had psychological effects on him. After the injury, he was never the same again. So basically, he was a handsome king trying to lay seed uh, and produce a son. And after one accident, he kind of descends into the Henry that we know, the very large man who probably shouldn't have got as many women as he did. Uh, driven by power and a new strain on the brain, he felt unstoppable and insisted that all listen to him rather than the Pope as God's ah, representative. Okay. In the same year, yeah, there we are, Anne Boleyn was beheaded for having an alleged affair, uh, which she was accused of by Thomas Cromwell. Cromwell did this because she was a very clever woman and she threatened a lot of men in the court. And unfortunately, during the times of the Tudors, women weren't supposed to be as intelligent as men and they weren't supposed to be go-getters. So toxic masculinity took hold, and Anne Boleyn lost her head as a result. And how did she die? You should know this. Uh, she was beheaded uh, with a sword, not an axe. Yes. She, he, Henry brought over an executioner from France who would use a sword to chop off the head instead of an axe. It was seen as more dignified and a lot cleaner. So he still was like, oh, yeah, you're still cool. I'm still going to kill you, but it's going to yeah, be nicer. He just recognises that she was good sex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Henry did not attend this execution and just nine days after he married his third wife Jane Seymour man moves on quick nine days yeah he 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 your wife is not just dead you beheaded her and you're like "Ah, I need a new one Mm. wow yeah whether Anne Boleyn did have an affair or not is is I'm starting to believe because like we we are taught that Henry VIII is this Lothario just loves women um and I'm sure he does, but like I'm starting to think maybe this this uh, need and goal for having a son maybe is the overarching uh, motive. He's just oh, like for sure. Like yeah. Anne Boleyn's gone. He's like, well, I can't have a son if I don't have a wife. Get me another wife. I need a son. I believe that if Catherine of Aragon gave him a son, he probably would have stayed with her. Forever. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, he was a uh, he was yeah. desperate. Uh, it's it's almost in a weird way. It's almost changed my perception of him. Yeah, not uh, not really? in a sympathetic way by any means, but just that I, as I mentioned, like how we sort of taught to view Henry VIII is that he just likes women too much. Um, but I don't think necessarily that's true. I think it's more now that he was just desperately looking to have a son, and he will do it. I imagine if yeah, he'd he... had like bastards, he'd probably try to legitimize them. Oh, probably. But I'm not yeah. sure. We're never told if he did he, have any he, bastards. He, uh, so he did. He does have a son at oh, one okay. point. We'll get onto it. But yeah, he continued to live a life of luxury, uh, and he wanted to show off his wealth. So he built loads of palaces and bring in artists, writers, philosophers, the works. He'd also have a shit ton of portraits painted, which is probably why we're so familiar with his image because he was just constantly yeah. being painted. Yeah, that's how you live on. His favorite place. Yeah, absolutely. Immortalize yourself. His favourite place to live was Hampton Court Palace. It was modern, sophisticated, just generally pretty cool. And the king, he loved how many people he could host there, and he'd have it redecorated all the time. Uh, he re- rebuilt his own bedroom like six times. And on October the 12th, 
1537, Henry finally got his wish when Jane Seymour gave birth to a baby boy, Edward. However, Jane became sick two days after her son's birth, um, yeah. and she died. So he finally had an heir to his throne, but he lost his wife. Now, some historians say that Jane Seymour was his favourite. I asked my brother about this, who was a historian. He kind of disagrees. I think, like, it's, it's because at, at the end of all this, Henry gets buried with Jane Seymour. Um, whether he's she's his favourite, I... I, I don't know. I'm not qualified to say, but he gave she gave him a boy, so it's one point. Well, I think like, well, like you said, if if Catherine of Aragon had given him a son, he'd probably have stayed with her for the rest of his life. So maybe he was just sort of content with her. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But then, but even with the throne secured, Henry still worried about the dynasty and feared Edward would fall to the same fate as his mother. So he sought after another wife to produce a spare heir. Mm. In a, polit- uh, in a way to pl- politically create an alliance and friendship with her brother in Germany, Henry married Anne of Cleves on 6th of January 1540. However, needless to say, it was not love at first sight, <laughs> and they had it annulled the same year on the 9th of July. And this is quite a funny story. Yeah. So she was told that he was a really handsome guy, because they'd never met, it was just an arranged marriage. He, she was told, this bloke is stunning, athletic, everything you want. And she was like, awesome. So she came over to England to meet him, and when Henry met her, he decided to disguise himself as a normal person and like sneak up to her and ask for a kiss and like kind of like force himself upon her. Uh. Um, however, he wasn't handsome. He had a gammy leg, was fat, so she turned around and spat at him. <laughs> and obviously, this kind of fucked him off because he's the king. However, in time, he came to really respect her, and they became really good friends and were friends until he died. Yeah. Well, wasn't she nicknamed like the horse of Germany or something because he thought she was absolutely hideous? Probably. <laughs> but there's the, I think the feeling was mutual. I think in the... Um, I, I don't know how much uh, historical accuracy there is in it, um, but I know the guy who wrote this series also wrote The Vikings and that has eh, quite a lot of questionable things. Um, the the series The Tudors with Jonathan Rhys Myers playing Henry VIII, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I first came to uh knowing of natalie dormer and i thank that series for it deeply um <laughs> he is like given a portrait of anne of cleves and he's like oh is this her and they're like yeah that that's her and he's like oh brilliant she's beautiful and they're like yeah whilst wiping sweat off their brow and then he meets her and it's like what the fuck is what's the he's basically been catfished <laughs> and he was like nope Nope, not doing that. Yeah, this did happen. It also happened the other way as well. So she was presented with portraits of him that were just lies. Oh, but yeah, there were like portraits of him in his heyday with his massive calves and like his giant codpiece. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you yeah, know, this guy's a this guy's a sportsman. This guy loves fucking tennis and everything. He's, he's no, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a handsome young man. And yet, like it you said. It was basically like Tudor t- Tinder. Tudor Tinder, yeah. But he's like, legs stinks of fucking fish because he's putting his own medicines on it. Mm-hmm proper gammy leg yeah but but yeah they became great great mates yeah after a really rocky start that's cool that's i like that i think he put her up in a house and then he just used to visit every now and then to play chess yeah they she uh, resided in england i think and they'd just hang out that's so cool that's so cool you're like listen this is not working for me but i'd like to stay friends and then you you know that they don't mean that they're like oh, we should we should you know let's let's be friends like i'll message you you're not gonna get a message back yeah but henry did yeah, they uh, they linked. That's one good thing. Almost, 
Yeah, yeah. Something nice came out of this. Yeah. Almost immediately after his divorce, on 28th of July, 1540, Henry married the young and beautiful Catherine Howard. But with Henry ageing and growing continually more like suspicious and unhinged, um, rumours began circling about Catherine. Obviously, because she's young and beautiful, like she probably could have slept with whoever she wanted. Um, she was beheaded, beheaded after two years of marriage for treason and adultery on the 13th of February, 1543. 42 words, James. Because uh, Henry was getting on a bit and he looked like shit. Yeah. He was incredibly jealous of any man that went near her. Yeah. See, this is the problem when middle-aged men like to go for women half their age. They're at, you're at two different points in life, man. He's looking to like buy himself a little Porsche and just sort of settle by the coast for a bit, out of his fish and chips and live his like, 20s again. Whereas like the younger person's like, I haven't lived yet. I want to have fun. I want to do me. It's like, yeah, you go do you. That's what Kat, That's what she was. De- she needed to do. She needed to be her for a bit. And Henry was like, no, I want you to be a four-year-old woman. But I think their hands are kind of tied at this point because anyone with half a brain would see Henry coming and just walk the other way and be like, I'm not getting involved with that. Oh, absolutely. But also, if Henry sets his sights on you and goes, I want you, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, but then at the same time, you know... What was her name again, Catherine? Uh, Catherine Howard. Catherine Howard. She's, what, really, really young. So you imagine, like, her family were like, hey, listen, this is an opportunity here. Don't fuck it up. Like, we could be the most powerful family in England. Yeah. And maybe they were like, no, we're just going to do it, regardless of the risks. We know what he's like. We know he's a bit of a monster, but you're young. Just be polite, be nice, and just do as he says. Didn't end well. No, it didn't. You'd be so annoyed if you were like, oh, shit, I'm the one that said yes. Oh. Yeah. Sucks to be her. Yeah. His final marriage was to Catherine Parr on the 12th of July, 1543. He reconciled with his daughters Mary and Anne, and they were restored to the line of succession to the throne. Uh, did I mention that Edward, his son, died? Did I put that in somewhere? No, yeah, I don't think we've mentioned his son yet. It was Edward, oh, not, not oh, Arthur. That. Yeah, Edward he... Arthur, though, wasn't his, ni- wasn't his middle name Edward. after his brother? Potentially. I can't believe I forgot to put that in. Yeah, he died. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, just shoot one night. <laughs> Edward's in. dead. Wow, that's but a Ed- massive Edward piece did, of information. Edward did become king for a little while, didn't he? I believe that. I don't. Think I believe so. that to be true. After Henry passes away, Hen, uh, his younger son becomes king for like I think like a year or something, and then he dies, and then he announces, "Is it Jane? Jane? Someone? Lady Jane as his heir, which is a cousin of his." So Lady Jane Grey was. Oh yeah, Edward. Fuck. This is news to me. I should have done more research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Edward did take the throne, and then Le- Lady Jane Grey. Did Lady no Lady Jane Grey came in during Mary's era or like in between Mary and uh, Elizabeth? She was the queen for nine days, wasn't she? Yeah, and also like where I work, Warwick Castle, um, was owned by a family called uh, the Dudleys, Ambrose Dudley and Robert Dudley, Dudley at the time. Yeah, and they uh, were heavily involved in getting Lady Jane Grey on the throne of England. And this is fascinating because I've been roaming around as Robert Dudley lately at work. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and they helped put Lady Jane Grey on the throne of England, which was treason. But while he, well, the Dudleys were in prison, uh, Elizabeth was also kind of in prison like by her sister Mary. Yeah. They did not get on. And Robert Dudley and Elizabeth kind of had a little son of something. And 
Wow. So when Elizabeth took to the throne, uh, he was pardoned, like completely pardoned. But because he had such like scandal around him, they could never get married because it would just be seen as awful. Oh, right. Um, yeah. It, but it, they were definitely fucking yeah, for their I've life. I've heard about like, this. Is this the guy who there's like that, that red castle somewhere in the Midlands and there's like a fucking dolphin uh, statue at this red castle? It's now a ruin. Uh, and that's like the place where they used to hang out all the time, and everyone was like, "Oh, they're totally." It might be Kenilworth because he owned Kenilworth that Castle. That could be it. It's, it's red. I know it's red brick, and it looks quite nice, and it's now a ruin. And everyone was like, "It is all re- yeah. It's it's really close to where I am now." Yeah, it was a bit Love Islandy. They were like, "Oh, they're totally going to get it on." It's like, "Oh, I'd like to couple up with you," but it's like, "Yeah, I can't because you know it's not allowed." But all this kind yeah. of shit. He had a, a few wives during his time, and whether they were aware of his affair with the queen, but obviously, what can you do? Yeah, well, there's also a rumor. Like, there's also a rumor that in Shakespeare's *Midsummer Night's Dream*, uh, when Oberon says to Puck about this dream he had about a mermaid, uh, uh, a mermaid on a dolphin's back, he's referring to Queen Elizabeth and Robert Dudley and their relationship that they had. It's so interesting. It is, isn't it? Happened. Wow, that's so cool. That's proper gossipy. That'd be in the gossip columns of the the Sun yeah. newspaper. I like that. Because at work we have uh, something called the Kenilworth Buffet Table, which is a p- completely priceless table because it's a one-of-a-kind. Um, it's also used as storage, which I find really funny. Excellent. But basically in it, there's it's like carved. The st- it's basically got Robert Dudley's initials in it, and it's like kind of like the story of his wives, and there's Elizabeth's involved. It's a really cool table. Oh, wow. I had no idea that the, the Dudleys were like a real name of family or whatever uh, that are still around today. Yeah, Ambrose, Robert's brother, owned Warwick. He was the Earl of Warwick. And Robert owned Kenilworth, which That's is it. now ruins. And so they're, what, they're named for the area of Dudley in Birmingham? I don't know. I should have asked this. Yeah. Um, maybe. I, I, I have no idea. It might just be a dink. Because Dudley, Dudley's close. not an ideal name. Like When you think of Dudley, we think of um, Harry Potter and an awful family. Or, yeah, Dudley, Dudley. for me, I get awful flashbacks to a girl that I dated from Dudley who sounded Dudley like that. And it was, oh, Lord, Bob. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, we get awful flashbacks when we think of the name Dudley. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, I can't believe that came to me. Fascinating. This all stemmed from, from this. Yeah. I learned so much this week because I was put on historical Roman characters and I was kind of about to learn as I'd go. Excellent. Uh, Where was I? He reconciled with his daughters and... They were in line for the throne again. His weight ballooned to the stage that he needed a form of wheelchair to get around. Wow. He had a 54-inch waist. Jesus. That's a fucking big waist. He's a big man. And uh, he had a horrific ulcer on his leg, which would have, like, pussed, and it must have fucking stung. Yeah. And people say because it hurt so much, he was just constantly in a bad mood. Yeah. Yeah, no, you would be, wouldn't Gross. you? I, I'll be honest. If I have a headache, don't talk to me. I'm in the f- I'm in the foulest mood if I have a headache. And imagine if like your yep. legs just throbbing from a poxy ulcer. Yeah, constantly. No cream at that time. No, but it did try. I mean, I've got a bite on my hand at the minute that's really pissing me off. I'll put some cream on it, but it needs to leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, but at least your cream is legit. Henry was making his own creams by just mixing shit in a fucking bowl. Yeah, and seeing what happened. <laughs> Probably did not help anything. Probably made everything substantially worse. No, it was like a bit of guacamole, a bit of salt. What else have I got? Uh, shaving foam, that'll do. 
Henry died aged 55 on the 28th of January in 1547. He died a Catholic and was buried in St George's Chapel in Windsor Castle, along with his third wife, Jane Seymour, who is said to be his favourite, again, disputed. Uh, By the end of his reign, he had 55 palaces, 2,000 tapestries, 1,150 paintings and nearly 1,800 books. He also owned 41 gowns and other luxurious pieces of clothing. It's said he executed more than 70,000 people during his reign. Sorry, 70,000? 70,000. Bloody hell. That's a lot. Just for the minor, minor things. Yeah. And obviously, like, if you, like, we've seen it, Traitor's Gate at Tower of London. Oh, yeah. It would have been heavily used. I love looking at Traitor's Gate. Whenever I'm there, I'll always stand and just have a look at it. Because now it's just literally just a gate in some water with a sign above it. And everyone just walks past it like, no, this is fine. But go back, what, 500 years, that was one that you, that if you did not want to be in that place. If you were in that place, something bad was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you could just see the heads just sort of on spikes, just poking over the walls. And you think, um, yeah, I'm not even going to think about Henry dying because you could be charged with thought crime as well back then. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'd, I, if I had a time machine, I'd love to just stand by the Tower of London and just like go back five, six hundred years. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just just see, it would be absolutely fun. Tower of, uh, London Bridge as well would be. Is it London Bridge Tower Bridge? There's so many fucking bridges. London Bridge, I think. London Bridge. You know, the, it, the, you know the one I mean. Yeah, the big one, the famous one. Had all the markets on it and houses and everything. Yeah, and there'd have been heads like lining it. Yeah, at the entrances to London, that'd be so cool. Yeah, there's a lot of history there, and nowadays it's just a overpriced tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't been in it because it's that expensive. Yeah, I haven't been in either, and I really want to go. We should make a day of it. Yeah, all right, deal. We'll go. Right, okay, I raced through that a lot quicker than I thought I would. <laughs> That's Henry VIII. Well, you mentioned how many palaces did he have, if you've got it off, the, off on your screen there. Uh, palace 55. 55 palaces. And how many of those did he had, had he actually stolen off of the monks and the, the, the Catholics? Oh, probably quite a few. Although he was Catholic himself. Uh, after this, there was a whole uh, a whole thing, because obviously Elizabeth was a Protestant queen, Mary was Catholic, so when Mary came in, she persecuted all the Protestants, and there was a lot of death. And when Elizabeth came in, she was like, I'm going to do exactly the same, just flip it. Yeah, what he did was almost yeah. like, he, like they say he started a dynasty, obviously the Tudor dynasty, but like he just started a fucking uh, uh, well, he, the most famous queen in English history come from his loins. Yeah, um, he he start he started something that would go on for well, I mean it still goes on Protestants versus Catholics. Yeah, yeah, what well, is mad and like uh. We, we, we'll talk about it when it's more relevant in terms of the time frame but um <clears throat> with uh guy Fawkes, like the the whole thing yeah. with that comes from basically henry the eighth if henry the eighth had not split away from the catholic church we might not have had the gunpowder plot and we might not have fireworks day on november 5th in the uk and that kind of stuff so this is the thing like mary was catholic but then when elizabeth came in and started like elizabeth was a bit more chill but she also did kill uh catholics Obviously, Guy Fawkes and all his conspirators were Catholic, so this went on for a very long time, and they they were just pissed. Yeah, and I think who was on the was it King James on the throne at the time? Uh, James the Maybe. first, who was James the sixth of Scotland. 
Yeah, that's the one because they United's got. Yeah, that I like it. And obviously he was Protestant as well. And yeah, they wanted to put a Catholic m- monarch on the throne. But after Mary, we haven't had another Catholic monarch. No, we haven't. Well, that's why, like, um, all been the Americans got really scared about uh, JFK being elected in the 60s because he was a Catholic. And as far as they were concerned, the Catholic was like, they were saying, well, who does JFK uh, answer to? Does he answer to the Pope or is he uh, an American president? Like, is the Pope going to have sway over American politics now because he's a Catholic? They genuinely were concerned mm. about that. I mean, JFK was a pretty cool guy, as far as I'm, as aware. I'm aware. What does the Pope do on a day-to-day? Do you think just between two to four, he's like, don't disturb me, I'm talking to God. Like, what does he do in that time? So there's that film, have you seen The Two Popes? I haven't, no. It's, it's okay, it's a bit long, it drags, but from what I've got gathered from that, they kind of just walk around and have chats. <laughs> I just imagine themselves locked in a room, and they're like, oh, what... You, you can't disturb the Pope, he's chatting to the big man. And he's just sat there just fucking twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, but the Pope nowadays seems to be a bit more down to earth. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of those, it's like, oh, I'm all for, uh, you know, same-sex marriage and you, like, you know, you, you go be gay if you want to be gay, but you still can't get married in our church officially. Yeah, and they, I mean, they touch kids, but hey. Hey, we, hey. Allegedly. Hey. Right. <laughs> um, excellent, man. Henry VIII. I fucking love Henry VIII, man. And I like... Uh, interesting that was that one of his favourite sports was tennis. And I, it makes you realise how old the sport of tennis actually is. I mean, there's that famous thing as well with uh, Henry V. So tennis goes back longer where... I, I wondered whether Shakespeare made this up, but I think it was kind of true that uh, he was sent tennis balls by the um, Dauphin of France as kind of say, here you are, little boy play with your balls if oh, you're pardon the pun that's a cool move i mean it was until henry was like okay cool and then just went and invaded the fuck out of them <laughs> oh it's mad isn't it mad how like for the most part of a, what is a thousand years france and england have killed each other every single year and then they just stopped one day and was like hey i want to be your friend and now we're allies yeah I mean, something on the news the other day really made me laugh because obviously we're opening up like travel corridors now and green lighting countries to be able to come in. Uh, and <laughs> on the news it said European countries can come into the UK bracket except France. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> old monarchs would look at that and go, yes, good, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, mate, I like that. That's so funny. I suppose because um, the the monarchs of old didn't see themselves as French, but they lived in their areas of France, and they were like, no, this isn't France. This land here isn't France. This is uh, Normandy. Yeah, it was all separated, yeah. This is the thing when people say, like, uh, William the Conqueror, oh, France invaded England. Like, no, they didn't. Normandy invaded England. Normandy did, yeah. Yeah, he was a Norman. He was a Scandinavian. Very different. Very different. All right, well, thank you very much for that, man. Uh... I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've learnt a lot about Henry VIII. I like this. This has been like, you know, you watch lots of documentaries or you listen to like a history podcast and it's very heavy. It's very information dense. And you're like, yeah, I, 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 20 minutes in and I'm like, I need to switch off for a minute. I need to de like construct all this information. This has been a nice relaxed mm-hmm. episode. We're just chucking information at you. It's bite sized chunks. This is like GCC bite size. If you remember that in the UK as a kid. Um, yeah, BBC Bite Size. Oh, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, make sure you rate and review us on any platform you listen to us on. Um, 
check out the merch store www.twpd.store um where we've got loads of designs for you to wear on your backs. We've had a couple of recommendations as well um, for uh, designs to put on the store, which mm. will be coming soon. Um, be more dog, apparently, is, uh, is a phrase that I didn't even know we had, but apparently we do. No, I think we have said it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, look forward to some uh, you know, more merch coming on the merch store. But, yeah, grow, grab some stuff from there in the meantime if you'd like to support the show you can do uh, on our Kofi page uh, just head to www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do I haven't said that in a while and yeah join us next week uh, we are going to be talking about the Essex boys and the infamous Rettenden murders uh, that happened in my hometown so I'm really looking forward to talking about that one and um, yeah join us next week we'll we'll be talking about that Anything else, James? Uh, no. Have a good one. Excellent. See you later, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.